Instead of talking about the draft today, we're going to turn our attention to some possible trade targets on today's episode of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Let's hit it. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade, thanking you for tuning in once again. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. All right, so we're going to get right into today's podcast, talking about some, well, some targets that we're going to be looking at for possible off-season trades. The Ducks did lose a lot of assets during this season's trade deadline, and they're going to look to replace some of those guys. As far as the draft is concerned, the reason I'm pushing that to next week is I want to give it its due diligence, and I actually I actually do want to put in the work and put in some thought as to some possible destinations for some guys. So I want to actually really do my due diligence on that. So that'll come next week. Also next week, we're going to talk about some NHL awards because, hey, that's next week as well. So that will be a topic of discussion. And of course, we're going to talk about the Stanley Cup final next week because, hey, we still have some former Ducks that are in the final right now. So that will all be topics of discussion next week. But today, we're talking trades because this is kind of weird timing. I I was going to address this next week, but Eric Stevens just put out a terrific article on some possible realistic trade options. And I love how he said realistic trade options because I know Ducks fans wants to fantasize, oh, we're going to try to get Alex Dabrinkit. We're going to try to get Kevin Fiala. Yeah, I I would love to get Alex Dabrinkit or Kevin Fiala down here to SoCal. That would be amazing. I would love to see Jacob Chikrin be a part of the team. But that's probably not going to happen. Let's be real here. Is that likely going to happen? Probably not. Kevin Fiala, that's going to be a very expensive contract. So I don't know if the Ducks are willing to do that right now. And Debrinkit, that's that's a tricky one. He might be more willing to go to other teams that have the cap space but are also ready to take that next step. So as far as possible trade targets, there was a couple of names that was on my list that was also on his list. And we're going to go through those today. And... Actually, this one is kind of a double-edged sword because one team that I was looking at for a possible trade was the Edmonton Oilers. And the reason I'm focusing on the Oilers a little bit is because they have a couple of players that are RFAs that would be willing to let go of one of those guys. That's reason one. The other reason is the lack of draft picks that the Oilers have. Maybe this would be the year that the Ducks would be willing to give up a second round pick. And they have a couple of them. They have their own. And they also have that draft pick that they got in the Ricard Raquel trade. So they could be looking at giving up one of those picks. And I think the Ducks might be willing to explore giving up one of those second round picks. Because this, while this is a good draft and while this is a deep draft, there is definitely a noticeable edge of the cliff so to speak so i think the ducks would be okay getting rid of one of those second round picks and for edmonton there's a couple of big names on there that 
I don't know if they would be able, not willing to, able to re-sign both of these guys. I'm looking at two right wingers here. Jesse Pugliarvi and Kyle Yamamoto. Two guys that I'm very fond of, by the way. I'm fond more of one than the other. And the reason's obvious. But Pugliarvi, I think, would not be a bad choice for the Ducks. And they could probably get him at a decent enough cost. Last season, he did make a little over a million. He is due to get paid maybe a couple million. I think the Ducks could take a flyer on Pugliarvi. He did look a lot better towards the end of last season. Yes, he was kind of on that weird line where he wasn't getting played as much. But when you're on a team that has Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle, and they're both on their own lines, and there there were some rumors out there that, you ready for this? That perhaps Edmonton might be willing to re-sign Evander Kane. Yeah, they, they were so impressed with Evander Kane that they said, you know what, we might take a chance and bring him back. Yes, that's really possibly going to happen. Evander Kane would have a pretty decent cap hit, and this is part of that contract extension, so he would be making a lot. That's possible. You never know. And also, also, he would be getting paid anyway because there was that whole contract, like that contract weirdness with Evander Kane before. So, He'd be willing to take sort of a pay cut with Edmonton. That's fine. But they would have to pay him. And something the Oilers don't have a lot of is cap space. So I do not see them signing both Pugliarvi and Yamamoto. Out of those two, I would rather see the Ducks try to get Kyler Yamamoto, who was a little bit younger and has a little bit more upside. Last season, he did make 1.1. I could see him easily trying to get a contract for maybe $3 million. And if I'm the Ducks, if I can get Kyle Yamamoto for twice of what he got last season, if you can get him for 25 to 3 why not? Why not take that chance? Yamamoto last season had his best career season, 41 points in 81 games. And that's despite not being on, well, Okay, the lines that he was on, they they were fine. And he did look good in the playoffs. Seven points in 14 games. So he's averaging about half a point per game. He does have a great upside. And he has the speed. He's one of the speedier guys that Edmonton has. And if you're the Ducks, you're possibly looking at building a team that has a little bit more speed. Something that's been kind of ailing them of recent, especially when you had guys like, I don't know, like a Delorier, like a Getzloff. I mean, let's admit it. They're not the fastest guys. They're not the most fleetest of foot. Adam Henrique, he's still pretty fast, but not the fleetest of foot. If they can somehow pick up Kyle Yamamoto and he would be worth more, I'm aware of this, it would still be a good deal. Now, Edmonton... They would prefer to keep Kyle Yamamoto, and I wouldn't blame them. He would have the bigger return. So maybe for Yamamoto, the Ducks would have to give up a second-round pick. For Pugliarvi, 
the Ducks could probably get away with giving up a third or fourth round pick to get Pugliarvi, and that would be fine. Now, they are both RFAs. They are both arbitration eligible, but they wouldn't be getting like four or five million. No, that's not going to happen. But if Anaheim can get them one of them at a decent enough cost, then I honestly don't see why not. And Eric Stevens did point out one of those guys. He pointed out Paul Yarvey, mainly because it's it would be helpful for the Ducks. It, they need a right winger. They need a right winger to replace Ricard Raquel, who left in the trade to Pittsburgh. We don't know where Raquel's going this offseason. Who knows? He could come back to Anaheim, for all I know. But the Ducks need a little bit of scoring depth in that particular position. And what Steven says, he's not going to materialize into a big score, but he could be a very good depth scorer. Someone that could provide some scoring on the third line that wouldn't be garnering a whole lot of money. And what he says is right. They have enough forwards, but Pogliarvi is 6'4", 200 pounds. They need someone with that kind of size. Someone who would be willing to, as I like to say, get into the dirty areas. That's something that Pogliarvi likes to do. So maybe the Ducks need that. Maybe they need a little bit of tenacity in that position as well. Pogliarvi is not afraid to get into it a little bit. Yes, he has been annoying to some opponents. And he does dust it up, a not, not too much, but... He can mix it up in there. So would the Ducks be willing to take a flyer on him? I think they would be willing to. So that's a possible off-season target for Anaheim as far as trades. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. It has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. The NBA Finals just concluded, and congrats to the Golden State Warriors on winning another championship. West Coast, best coast, baby. But also, the Stanley Cup Final is still going on, and right now the Colorado Avs are still the favorite. But if you think Tampa is going to take Game 2, they are the underdogs. If you really think Tampa's going to win Game 2, then why not put a bet down? at Bet Online right now. You could go there on your mobile device or on your laptop and check it out. Bet Online is where the game starts and Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network and please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On, Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with J.D. Hernandez, and we have a favor to ask of you guys. So we've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. So go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 100-buck Ticketmaster gift cards. That's right, 100 bucks. It's pretty good. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. All right, so 
we have some more trade targets to look after. And another one that was on both of our lists. And once again, thank you to Eric Stevens from The Athletic. One big name that we both had that I personally would love to see come back to SoCal, Tanner Pearson from the Vancouver Canucks. So first off, he's got three and a quarter million left, two years left on his contract. And again, Vancouver is a team that is looking to shed some cap space because they have another player that they do want to re-sign and have a little bit of cap space. They want to re-sign Brock Besser. Brock is a restricted free agent, and Brock has had a pretty solid go at it for the Vancouver Canucks. He had 23 goals this past season and the previous season. He's been one of their better players. In fact, he's averaging about 25 goals over the last five seasons and still one of their top offensive output players. He is due to make a raise. His cap hit last season was 5.8. He is due to make... I don't want to say a humongous raise, but he is looking to get a bigger contract. So Vancouver is going to need to shed some cap space, and they're looking at acquiring someone else as well. So while they have some room to work with, it's not a whole lot. They also have to pay Braden Holpe and Jake Vertanen for this coming season because of dead cap. So the Ducks would be glad to take on that contract from Tanner Pearson, Three and a quarter million. That's not bad. Two seasons left on his contract. Also not bad. He is 29 years old. And I want to point out a couple of things. First, and this was mentioned in the podcast, Tanner Pearson can get about 15 goals, maybe 20. I would say closer to 15 rather than 20, but that would be a good depth pickup for the Ducks, a left winger. They could always use more wingers. Centers, they're good on. Wingers, they could definitely use more of. And I feel like they already have their top line. Tanner Pearson maybe could fit in a second line, but I could see I could see him being in a second line. I could see him producing at that spot. And I, I love what Eric said. Do the Ducks have those that can simulate a younger Jeff Carter and up-and-coming Tyler Toffoli? <laughs> for, for those of you that don't remember, what he means by that is, could we have another 70s line back in the day? The LA Kings used to have this that 70s line. Tanner Pearson wearing number 70. Toffoli wearing 73. Carts wearing 77. This was back in the day. Now you have Tanner Pearson who would fit with Anaheim. And I'm sure a lot of that would piss off a lot of Kings fans. Like, oh, you're going to the Ducks. Now you're getting traded to him. Well, what if he doesn't get traded to the Ducks? Because he has a seven-team No trade clause. Let me repeat that for everybody in the back. Tanner Pearson has a no trade clause where he has to submit a seven team no trade list before free agency. So he has to do it pretty soon. Huh. Tanner Pearson, no trade clause. Imagine the Ducks having to deal with a player that has a no trade clause. Can you imagine? Oh, wait, you you can. You can because that happened over the season with Evgeny Dadunov, which, by the way, just a little bit of off-topic. Dadunov did get traded to the Montreal Canadiens for the contract of Shea Weber. Weber is going to go into LTIR. Apparently, Dadunov is okay going to Montreal, but not Anaheim, which might confirm some of the rumors that it is tax-related. All right, fine. 
at Ducks Twitter, the Ducks Twitter account, Tyler, had the best response, the best response by a mile to what was said. And I I love it. The Ducks socials team has been just on fire the past 12 months, even starting with the whole, hey, guess what? We're going to have this schedule. It's not going to be a drone. It's not going to be anything with fancy cameos, but it's going to be our thing. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So they had a two-word response to the Vegas Golden Knights. You sure? <laughs> oh, we, we love you, Duck Social. You're you're just the best. <laughs> so, yeah, those NTCs have burned the Ducks in the past. And who's to say where Tanner Pearson doesn't want to go? I'm sure he'd love to come back to California. He did make a home down there, and I I think he'd be okay coming to the Ducks. They are an up-and-coming team. He did spend six years down here in L.A., and they were six quality years. He did win a Stanley Cup with the Kings back in 2014. He had some solid production years. He had that little blip in Pittsburgh that no one really talks about. He spent the last four years of Vancouver, which have been mostly okay. There was that kind of unexpected playoff run in the bubble, but I don't know if I really count that because he was away from his family. That's a whole other thing altogether. I think Pearson would love, he'd love to come back to SoCal. And hey, you know what? There's a coach that he's familiar with, Mike Stuthers, who did coach him in Manchester. Yeah, Tyler Toffoli was under the, was under the guidance of now Ducks assistant coach Mike Stuthers with the Manchester Monarchs. They have a history together. I think they would love to just have a re- reunion. It'd be cool. So there's my little take on Tanner Pearson. I I personally think that would be a good pickup for Anaheim. They could certainly slot him in. They could slot him in the second line. They could. And he could produce, I think, pretty well. I don't know if I'm going to go as far as 20 goals myself. I know that there's hope that he could score 20 goals, but I'm going to be realistic here. In a full season, second line, it probably depends who that center is. But I'm going to say if if he could come to the Ducks, he could get 17, 18 goals. And I'd be fine with that. I would be absolutely fine with that, especially at $3 million. Yeah, that's fine. He would be one of the Ducks' top scorers. <laughs> I say that derisively. I mean, the Ducks offense has been atrocious the last few seasons. He would help with that. All right. We're going to head into the second intermission. I've got one more name on my list that is not on Eric Stevens' list. We'll get to that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with J.D. Hernandez, as always. And let's talk about a couple, well, one more name, really, that I want to get to. But this comes with a little bit of an asterisk. There's one player on a particular team I'm looking at more, but there's a whole team that I'm looking at, and I'll explain why. So John Marino, who plays defense for the Pittsburgh Penguins. 25 points last season, 25 years old. The thing with Marino, he's got five years left on his contract, and that's not a small contract for almost four and a half million for five more seasons. 
That's a lot of money. However, Pittsburgh is looking to shed some cap space because they still have guys they need to re-sign. They need to re-sign Evgeny Malkin. Gino is likely coming back. Then you have Ricard Raquel. They might want to re-sign him. They also might want to re-sign Evan Rodriguez. They did just re-sign Brian Rust to a long-term deal. Jeff Carter is going to stick around for a while. Jason Zucker, I know that's a one-year deal, but I don't know if the Ducks are going to go after a one-year rental. And the reason I put an asterisk on there is because the Ducks could theoretically get any one of those guys from Pittsburgh because they are looking to resign. Oh, how can I forget? Chris Letang. They got to resign Chris Letang as well. They got to resign their two alternate captains. Yeah, they're a bit on the older side, but that's where their money's going to go. So they're going to have to get rid of one or two guys. And the reason I bring up Pittsburgh is because this is a team that the Ducks have dealt with in the past. I feel like the Pittsburgh Penguins are on the Ducks' speed dial at this point. These two teams are familiar with each other. They've made multiple trades in recent seasons. I don't see any reason why that would stop now. And you look at some of these guys on the roster, and John Marino is one guy that sticks out at me just because he's done fairly decently with the Pens. He's He's got a decent-sized contract, so that's going to be the only detriment. But, you know, he's played three seasons. He hasn't been too bad. He's got a pretty solid overall game, so it wouldn't be the worst thing for the Ducks to bring him on. And he was healthy all of last season. And again, he's only 25 years old, so he's still got some youth on him. Of course, there's other players that they could go after, the Ducks go after as far as the Penguins go. They could go after Jason Zucker if they want, and that is if they want that one-year rental. So that's a possibility. Another possibility they could, I mean, Raquel could come back. (laughs) You never know. He could want to come back. Maybe the Ducks want to bring back Denton (laughs) Hine. At at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm half joking. But Marino is one of those guys that I wouldn't, be surprised if Pittsburgh tries to move him and in order for him to move they could add on something else the Ducks could be adding on a prospect or a draft pick there but Marino would be the cornerstone of that trade so again that wouldn't be a bad way to go if you're GM Pat Verbeek and you're looking to restock that defense that has now been depleted after this past season's trade deadline I mean it's really going to be hard to replace Hampus Lindholm and it's going to be hard to replace Josh Manson. And John Marino feels like it could be a good start to that. And it would be a decent long-term deal. You'd be getting him at his age 26 to 30 seasons. Again, not bad. And Marino is one of the better defensemen out there. So if you're the Ducks, maybe you at least talk to the Penguins a little bit, see what they have going on with one or more of their players. So that's a name that I've been looking at. But you're realistically looking at that whole Pittsburgh team as being a franchise that is ripe for plucking one or more of their players because they do have cornerstone pieces and they want to build around, as as weird as this is to say, they still want to build around them, but they still want to build for the future. Pittsburgh's kind of in a weird spot right now, but Crosby's still good. Latang is still good. Gino's st- like they they're still good players and they can still contribute when need be. That being said, 
they probably want to make some moves and look towards the near future in the next three to four seasons. They need to think about that. So there's there's a team. There's a team. Let's keep an eye on the Penguins, shall we? And let's, let's also keep an eye on what re-signings they make in the coming weeks. Let's see if they do re-sign Malkin and Latang to some big number contracts. All right. Hey, that's going to wrap it up for the week. Thank you all for coming on once again. Next week, we are going to look much more closely at the draft since I will have a lot more time this weekend. And I'm going to do it justice with my due diligence and come up with a long list of names that the Ducks could be looking at in this year's draft with both of their first round picks. So get ready for that. A lot of draft coverage. All right. Don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, among a plethora of others. You could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at StimpyJD, and the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And thank you for making this your first listen. Don't forget to make Locked on NHL your second listen of the day. We've got a slew of great hosts on there, so do check it out. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend, folks. Please continue to be kind to one another, be safe out there, and Ducks fly together.